Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. My name is Mark, and I am joined by my fellow co-hosts, Tony, Liza, Chris, and my lovely wife, Bridget. How you doing tonight, everybody? Good, Mark. Hi. Excellent, excellent. Chris, what are we doing tonight? We're, we're going to do a new show, which is kind of our favorite kind of show. So I thought, let's go ahead and start with Tony and the $125 princess breakfast. Oh, my gosh. Now, yeah, so, you don't know what you get. Don't complain yet. Okay. This, this is a new breakfast uh, just announced at Disneyland for the Napa Rose Restaurant, which does not have any type of breakfast service right now. Uh, it's going to take place Thursday through Monday. And for $125, you get an experience of dining with a princess. It's a personalized experience. Now, what that means, we, we don't know. Um, but the princesses will interact with your children. Uh, there are supposed to be some rather high-end uh, foods available. And and looking at the menu, it, it's kind of weird because they're offering short ribs for breakfast for adults. Oh. Yeah, the menu is is a little out there. Uh, as is, I feel, the pricing. Um, you will be bringing a gift bag with you after the the experience is over. Um, and this is going to start at the end of March, I believe March 29th. Hmm. So it will now be the most expensive breakfast, uh, or I should say character experience, uh, between both coasts. Bag, you get swag. Do they say what kind of stuff you get? It does not. A Rolex watch. Prince Eric better be giving me a pedicure under that mm-hmm. table. That's actually extra, and you just gave someone an idea. Right, that's because a, yeah, that's a good idea. Think about it. You could have that at the Grand Floridian. You could have like have your favorite character give you a massage. Adam would be all over that. Oh, he would. He would. <laughs> Adam would be like Aurora. I'm ready for my massage. Yeah, I could totally see that. Okay, someone file that away. We're going to pitch that to Disney. Maybe we'll get credit for it. Okay, all right. Well, I, you know, if people are going to pay it, all more power to them. I personally am not paying $125 for a breakfast. It's, it's and, one, $125 per person? Per yes. person, and yes. that's both adults mm-hmm. and children. <gasps> Ooh. You but, really uh, have I'm to sorry. like your kids to do that. It, it it also does include five hours of validated parking at the Grand Californian. So well, that makes it worth it. Now, now I see why. Yeah. Well, but, wait a second, because let's be honest: are they going to be patrolling that huge parking lot? I don't think so. Wow. I just I just think it's a little ridiculous because you figure you're not going to go just for breakfast. So let's say you're a family of four. That's one hundred and twenty-five dollars a person. That does not include tip or gratuities. So you're probably looking at about five fifty, five sixty, for breakfast. Then if you're there, you might as well go to the park at another hundred dollars a day. So now you're looking at almost a thousand dollars between park entrance and a breakfast. Oh my gosh, that's just ridiculous. I'm and then sorry. after lunch, after lunch, you have to go and move the car into the lot where you have to pay another twenty five dollars to park because your validated parking has expired. If I had done that, I would have dared them to ticket my car or put a boot on it. And if the boot, it better have like sparkly stuff on it because for $125, I only want the finest boot. That's right. <laughs> you want a glass boot. I want a glass boot. I want to keep it in the theme. You're going to, you're yeah. going to, you know, boot my car, make it princessy. I don't know. That's yeah. true. 
But Tony really convinced me that this is a great idea. <laughs> Why? I'm just right? joking. <laughs> I'm being <laughs> so sarcastic. I mean, the but, more that he talks about it and the more that you add it up in your head, the more it's like, wow, who's justifying this? Like the 1%, you know, for sure. Well, it's very well, funny because I, I saw this story the other day and, you know, I kind of envisioned it as, as Disneyland saying, we've just created the most outrageous pricing opportunity in Disney history. And then the next day, Walt Disney World looked at them and said, here, hold my beer, which kind of <laughs> leads into Christine's new story. Okay, so this is pretty interesting. And we actually had a discussion about it. Like, I've seen it on a couple pages where Disney has now offered a $12,000 VIP tour. Oh. And you know how your regular VIP tour, like you see the plaids walking around with people and you're like, wow, those people must be rich. Because there's like on there's like a family of five. It's a $3,000, you know, for eight hour tour, whatever it is, depending on the day. And it, you can have up to 10 people, by the way. But this, it's it's $12,000. It's six people for up to 12 hours. And it's just one day. So you really have to want to see a lot of things. Um, this is what it includes. And then we'll talk about it. It includes the number one thing that people want to see, the, the tour of the Cinderella Castle Suite. Front of the line access, you can cut into, you know, you can cut the line with a regular VIP tour. And technically you're not cutting in the line. You're just getting into the fast pass line. In this way, you're cutting ahead. In fact, I think you can actually like, kind of like look at people and be like riffraff, whatever. Um, but anyway, that's extra. Um, backstage access to all the theme parks. Ooh, so you can see backstage. Special transportation. I don't know what, maybe in a minivan. You get um, special viewing locations for the nighttime shows, but you can only really see one, right? So, you know, you better pick well. Um, three meals a day, you can eat anywhere you want, So, and including select alcoholic beverages. So you get liquored up while you're on your 12-hour tour. Hmm. So I'm just going to throw this out. Oh, and you know what? You can add additional days for $10,000 extra. So your first day, it's $12,500, but your second day, it's a, it's a bargain at $10,000. Oh, my gosh. That's Because just you crazy. probably don't get to tour the Cinderella Dream Suite the second or third day. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, and you're only going to get to tour it? You can't even sleep there? No, I'm sorry. If they if they wouldn't let Mariah Carey sleep there, they're not going to let the riffraff who just spent ten twelve thousand dollars on it. They told sleep Mariah there. she couldn't sleep there. She wanted to sleep there. She was doing you know one of the Christmas parades, and they said no. <gasps> yeah. And she's a godmother. She is the godmother and sponsor of the fantasy. How could they not let her sleep there? She really? I didn't know that. She is. Wow. Yeah. And I, I did misspoke, misspoke um, a bit earlier. It was tw It's 12000 So I out of that 500 But you have to tip, so I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it might as well be 12500 I, I mean, at that, at that point, point. So, you know, I could see a VIP tour, you know, a special – I can't see it. I'm lying. I can see a VIP tour if you have that kind of money. This is kind of over the top. My first new car didn't cost that much. Oh, no. My second new car didn't cost that much. When I, I didn't get my first new car until 2000. So, I mean, that's not that long ago. That's a lot of money. And that was a Honda, by the way. But so, you know what? I, I had somebody ask, and they said, uh, you know, why, why are these experiences so expensive? And it's simple. 
because people will pay it. People will pay for right. it. There will be someone that will. Right. They wouldn't offer it if there wasn't somebody out there willing to pay it. That's crazy. It's not going to be us. It won't be <laughs> me. No. No. Not anything. Do you know who I can see doing it? Chris Evans. You know, Chris Evans, Captain America, he's in the park. Like, he was there last Thanksgiving. I mean, he's pretty low-key. But I could see someone like that doing it. Like celebrities. Yeah. But yeah. you know what? You know what? Chris Evans gets comped. Dis- you know what? When, when a, when a oh, celebrity comes sense. through, yeah. Disney wants the photo opportunities. They will get plastered all over People Magazine, all over TMZ. Here's Chris Evans at Disney. That's free press for them. But mm-hmm. he's pretty low-key. I don't know if that happens. I don't know yeah. that I've ever seen I didn't even know who he was yeah. until you just said he was a Captain America, but I don't know who he is. You know like, who it is? It's these hedge fund guys who are pulling in, you know, yeah. 80, 100 million a year who want to come down with their family. They don't want to be bothered with waiting in line. They shell out the cash and they have their day. That's true because you could easily do like, you know, if you had that kind of money, you could easily do like every day of your trip. The thing is like, here's what I wonder, like you get two plaids just like you do with your regular, you get one plaid for your regular VIP tour, right? But are these like super plaids? Yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. Like special super plaid. things. Do they have capes? They They're might. plaid plus. Obviously they have capes. Plaid plus. Plaid. They're fast plaid plus. <laughs> <laughs> and what is with a regular VIP tour? What's the maximum size? Isn't it ten? It's ten. Yeah, it's ten. And this is six. Yeah. So it's even more like you know. So that would be a problem. Like, what if you're like a guy, you know, a hedge fund guy with like your first wife, your second wife, and like all your combined kids? Maybe like you have seven or eight kids. Then you've got the nannies. So you're ha- you're having to do like multiple ones of these. Well, they can't afford the it. Those guys. It's a drop in a bucket. That's true. It's the same people who stay in a three-bedroom DVC at the Grand Floridian with a theme park view. So, it just you know, it's it's like the old phrase: if you have to ask how much it is, you can't afford it. Yeah, the, the, that's the people, I can't afford the anything. That, the people that can afford these, you know, it's it's not a question for them. Twelve thousand dollars for some for a certain segment of the population is nothing. Um, yeah. You know, I, I will get on my soapbox for one second and just say once again, it's Disney distancing themselves from the middle class. And I think they're doing things like this that are catering to the upper echelon of society that in my eyes reflects poorly on the company, but it's another money making opportunity. And that's what they need to do. I disagree with you 100%. And here's why I can go to Nordstrom and I can buy a reasonably priced dress. But I could also buy, if I had the money, a pair of, you know, $2,000 shoes or a $5,000 dress. If I go to Nordstrom's and I, if I'm online at in, on Nordstrom.com and I see that dress, it doesn't make me feel like Nordstrom is trying to push Chris Wood out. It just makes me feel like, hey, there's someone who's crazy enough to spend that kind of money on a dress. P.S. If I had that kind of money, I would. So, I feel like it's it's not any different. It's just it's just catering to a segment of the population that has that kind of money and wants to spend it. And like you said, it's a drop in a bucket. I don't think it does it doesn't detract from my experience at all. Now, on the other hand, if you know they told me I couldn't eat at California Grill that night because I didn't have a VIP tour, then I might be upset. Right, right. Mhm. You know, it's not like a like, you know, not that the VIP no. tour sell often, but you know, even just a regular tour, you know, they they they're going to sell more of those, and they're going to sell of these. I think it's right. just a matter of saying, "Hey, this is available." You know, you hit the lottery and you want it, 
you can have it. Well, and clearly there's a, there, they have done their research and found out that, you know, discovered that, Hey, there are people who will pay this, but here's the other thing. How good is this publicity? Have you seen this on any official Disney site? I haven't, but I've seen it everywhere on the internet. So people are talking about Disney right now and they're looking at Disney pictures and the vast majority of people don't feel like they're, you know, oh, they're cutting out the middle class. No, they're just like, hey, this is a crazy thing. But you know what? I can take my family to Pop Century and we can have just as much fun, which you can. Yeah, just yeah. won't get in as many rides and get to, you know, step in front of other people. So, yeah, you know. I, I mean, I think part of it, too, is that they're trying to squeeze as much money as they can out of the people who are going without increasing the number of people in the parks. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing: there's a there are a maximum of six of these tours can be done a day. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, it's 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 capped at six tours a day, so that is a maximum of thirty six people. Yeah, even someone as bad at math as I am. So if you yeah. times that by seven, you know you're not even talking five hundred people a week doing these tours. These are the right. upper echelon wealthy people who want that easy experience and can afford to buy it. Just like there's some lady out there right now looking at this $2,000 pair of shoes on Nordstrom.com and going, you know, I need those. So it's not any different. You guys are, you guys is just capitalism, right? So we'll agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> I know. Well, cause we got to have that, right? Okay. Let's go ahead and change the subject to something we can all agree on. The gondolas. The gondolas. Bridget, what do you think? So um, Disney Parks blog released that they have been um, testing the gondolas. As we know, those gondolas are going to be going from Caribbean Beach Resort. Um, that's their start and end location. Um, and actually, they, there's been um, pictures online of, of their like the garage that they're keeping them in. Um, and it's going to head to Pop Century and Art of Animation um, the new Disney's Riviera Resort and um, Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Um, and they have been testing the gondolas. Um, and as they've been testing them, it looks like they've been wrapped. So you haven't really been able to see what they've been wrapped in. But they did release that um, it's going to be looking like you're when you're in the gondola, you're riding with Mickey and Minnie and Pluto and Chip and Dale. Like they're riding along with you. Um, and other films that are going to be represented are Beauty and the Beast, Frozen, Lilo and Stitch, Moana, Peter Pan, Princess and the Frog, Ralph Break, Breaks the Internet, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and Zootopia. Um, so, the, I mean, the gondolas, the pictures they have online, they're pretty cool. I mean, they even have some Star Wars characters and Woody and Buzz and um, Jesse and um, <clears throat> what's that? Guardians of the Galaxy are in there, too. Um, and they they even mention, like, Haunted Mansions. They, they've got quite a Pirates of the Caribbean, Ratatouille. They've got quite a list of, of different themed gondolas that are going to be a part of the system. So they look really cool. They look really small. But, I mean, I'm interested to get down there and see what they look like. Yeah, when we when we were just down there, it, we saw one. You could kind of peek at it through the International Gateway, and it was wrapped. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I couldn't really see how big they were. But in the picture, it does look a little small. But they only hold, like, eight people. So they're not really giant to begin with i don't know how you're supposed to feel like you're writing with mickey and minnie i guess just because there are pictures like yeah. decaled right. on the window i guess when people look up at you 
It's a, but I mean, it's not like they're an, they're animated characters. It's not like they're moving unless they do have an illusion that they're moving. I don't know, but it doesn't say that they do. Hmm. Um, it just looks like they're just kind of images that are almost like um like a scrim on the window. I would say. Yeah, I think it's like a scrim. It's it's like a wrap for the like a wrap monorail. Uh, yeah, like a wrap monorail. That's what I'm going with. They right. remind me of. You remember back in the day when they had that Skyway? Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, they they the shape of them reminds me of that a little bit, except me that too. it's closed. I just feel like there's a lot of room for shenanigans when you have a tiny little gondola up in the air. I mean, people could drop things down. That's that's why they got rid of the original Skyway, right? People were dropping things. Was that another, the reason? I don't well, know. I heard that, Barack the maintenance o- worker who died. Oh yeah. I heard Barack right. Obama got in trouble on that. I mean, if the future oh, president of the United States can't behave on a gondola, then who can? what am I supposed to do? Yeah, Heck, exactly. there nothing but mayhem's coming my way. I mean, <laughs> you know. What What I really want to know is, have they had any photographs of the team of cast members that are going to be pulling the people who are having heat stroke out of the gondola? That's really what I want. Oh, my gosh. I, I actually <laughs> I heard, heard they're practicing. Let me just let me just start a rumor. I heard they were um, assembling right now a crack heat stroke team. Okay. Oh, so yeah, they've been advertising for that job. You know? oh, okay, so that's important. Yeah, need the ability to like you know wring out a wet towel and put it on somebody's forehead. Exactly. You know, fan people. <laughs> that could be a good retirement plan for all of us. It's important. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna come in handy, I think. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's pretty exciting. All right, anybody have anything else to say about that? The gondolas? I mean, if they're really small, I wonder if they'll have, like, an air freshener. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Or can you pop the window open? Remember the monorails you used to be able to pop I'm the sure window you open? can pop. If you can't pop the window open and there's no air conditioning, that's going to be bad. I mean, how are you supposed I mean, to I guess smoke? Like, <laughs> exactly. You're, the whole gondola is going to be smoking, baby, because yeah. it's going to be hot. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a little green greenhouse on a on a line. Exactly, it's a it's a, a Ronco roaster. It's like a petri dish. <laughs> Some weird guy is going to be in there with a stick of butter. <laughs> that guy touched me with butter, mom. <laughs> so What's <weird>. wrong? <laughs> Sit down and ignore him. So weird. <laughs> there's nowhere to sit down. Yeah, yeah there's um, going to be some yeah. weird sense if we don't figure it out. I don't know. You know what? They had to, you know, they had to look. Okay. I remember when they introduced the magic band and I was able to go to the conference where they introduced those magic bands. And the, one of the things that was really fascinating to me was all the research that went into the magic band. You know, you have the little ridges on the inside. So it's not laying all of it's not laying up against your skin. You know, so the air is kind of flowing. You don't really think about that when you're wearing it. But, you know, that's, you know, part of the design. That it was hypoallergenic, that they tried, you know, to make sure that no one would be allergic to it. You know, the whole nine yards. So you have to think that some guy said, okay, it's going to be hot and sweaty in there. So let's do – there has to be some solution to that, right? And to the stinkiness factor, Liza. That's right. Yeah, I I agree. They did, they did their research. Disney has rarely put out. Have they put out anything that has bombed in recent memory? Tommy. Don't say movies. The nut. I was going to say the Nutcracker in the Four Realms. Yeah, you can't say movies because that's a whole different thing. But ha- can you think of anything in the park that has been a complete, just ridiculous failure? Well, I mean, there's things that we might have not thought was a failure, but they took them away. So maybe they were. 
but hmm. you know, like the push the trash can. I loved push. Push people loved push the trash can. Well, Disney didn't yeah. like him anymore. Well, maybe they uh-huh. took it away because the guy who was inside that trash can was sweat sweaty and hot. Oh, uh, maybe so. I don't know. I feel like he could have been replaced. Maybe. Mm. Would have been really hot in there, just like in a monorail or a um, gondola. In a gondola, so. exactly. I don't know. Maybe they put push in the gondola. You know where you know where they've failed in the parks recently? Where? Removing street atmosphere and performers. But see, some of their research must have told them that people didn't care about that. Because while we care because we're nerds and we're there and we like to have different experiences because we go a lot, some of their research must have said, you know what, people walk right past that. I mean, they do a lot, but I think I think a big part of it was they didn't want to pay them. Well, that could uh, be it too. I think off kilter should still be in Canada. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Off kilter. If you want to talk about an issue that Disney fans get passionate about, it's taking off kilter out of, yeah, out of the park. Yeah, everybody's freaking out about the off kilter. I don't know. That's, I didn't, a, that's still a, like a, it's a, a hot button a issue. Yeah, it's a hot button issue. Oh, it totally is. And then didn't they bring them back like one Christmas and people were so excited and then after that they were just not. I've heard there's a story behind it. I actually have a friend of a friend who knows one of the guys, but she never really gave up the whole story. Yeah, you know what bombed so. completely was that log jammer show. The, okay, that is a good point. And I have said in the past, and I will say it again, that show would have been a lot more successful if those lumberjacks had been shirtless and looked like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> and don't tell me they couldn't have found some guys built like that who could get on those log rolls Take and do their, their shirt thing. off. Unfortunately, they all look like me. <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, what kind of log roller guy wears a shirt in there? Just, it's a well-known fact that log rolling competitions, everyone is shirtless. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And, and yeah, that would have been good. And then you go by now and it's the Canadian lady singing in French. And you're like, I don't even know what she's saying. She's great, I'm sure. I, I think mean, she's yeah, singing but... like 99 red balloons in French oh. <laughs> or something. <laughs> I just feel like that totally bombed. It was the weirdest thing. It did bomb. So, yeah, I mean, they do stuff sometimes that bombs, but not something that costs $10 billion to make. I mean, this thing's yeah. costing them a ton of money, so it better be okay. That's true. Although the Yeti well, cost them a lot of money, and that wasn't okay. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. But they didn't want the Yeti to bomb. The The Yeti, as I understood it, was just structurally not, not going to happen after a while. Yeah, right. but it's, I mean, I they already did it. The, I don't even think it's the Yeti. It's the like some. It's something that supports the Yeti that's broken. Right. And if it, and if, it keep, if it keeps moving, it's going to break further, and so they, <laughs> they stop. drop on some kid's head. Yeah, and I think. Right. I, and in order to fix it, they got to tear the whole mountain apart or something. Yeah. Hmm. So now you just get the disco Yeti, and you will like it. Well, maybe that's where they're making people pay twelve grand for a tour. They're saving up the money to fix the Yeti. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay, twelve thousand. Times six. Carry the seven. Okay, stop it. Okay, so at the most, if you have six of those tours going on a day and they're not second day tours, it's 72,000 a day times 365 days out of the year. Holy cannolis, that's $26 million. Well, there you go. That's your Yeti. That fixes the Yeti. Wow, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so you you attempted to, you proved yourself wrong. I did. Maybe I did the math wrong. Wait a minute. I think it's right. It's a money generator. Look, it's they got twenty six million do- twenty six million dollars a year 
to have two plaids, so that's 12 plaids at a time. And you know they're super not paying plaids. those plaids, super plaids, that much money. And I think the super plaids get a lot of money because actually they also have superpowers. Like they could shrink the size of a molecule and like Ant-Man. Okay. Yeah, they, they can do that. Can they yeah. shrink the size of the bill? You know what? Even <laughs> even if even if they're only fully populated and and running the tours 300 days a year, that's still 21 million. Wow. Do you know what I could do with 21 million? I would I would feed all the cats in Atlanta. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think and you'd me, have a lot left over. I would, and that I would buy a house in Golden Oak. I'm not going to You could lie. go get that dress at Nordstrom. I could, and the yeah. shoes to match, actually. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I had that kind of money, let me tell you, I would be wearing that stuff. I'm not, I'm like some people think, you know, oh, if I had money, I wouldn't, I would never spend that money. I would spend it, and then I'd spend it again and again and again because you oh, can't take yeah, it. Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I get that. Girl, I'd be right there with you. I'd be like, hey, let's go to the Nordstrom. I just, no, you're cheap. You, you actually, stop. that's true. You know how to stop. Actually. That's actually really true. Good. I probably would never, right. I probably would want to puke before I spent that much money on any You'd kind of like, clothing item. I, I got myself one of those, what are those boxes you like? Oh, Stitch Fix box? I, I got Stitch Fix. Because I, I hate shopping. I hate shopping. I hate clothes shopping. I'm just like, I can't do it, man. I'm like, I gotta get out of here. I'm sweating. I, anyway, I get anxiety. I, I feel like they could use that money, like I said, to fix those things. They do have stuff bombs sometimes. This whole gondola thing... I, I don't I think that you're right, Chris. I think that since you know, like the magic band, we we all kind of looked at it like that's not. I don't know how that's gonna work, but it did. But squeezing eight strangers in a dangling vehicle, I don't know. It just it seems weird to me. Did you say squeezing eight strangers in a dangling vehicle? That's all I can think of. It's dangling from up there, and it kind of freaks me out. Makes my palms sweat. I'm not gonna lie. Are you not gonna go in it? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I will. I will get in it. I don't know if I'll like it. Oh, I won't do it. You're not going to do, do it? You're not going to do it? No. Are you crazy? Is it because exactly it's dangling why up there? I said I would, I'll, I'll have a panic attack. See, I'm uh, yeah. I'm in the air like that. You ride the monorail. It's different. You know you're going to do it. <laughs> I'm going oh, yeah. to do it. It's not like Space <laughs> Mountain. Pressure. Like, I don't enjoy Space Mountain, but I, I think I'll enjoy the gondola, provided that I'm not in there with a guy with a stick of butter trying to <laughs> roast me. Well, you know how, like, you're on a plane, and then you sit by, the, and then you see the guy coming, and then the guy sits next to you, and then you're like, oh my gosh. And then you can't escape the guy, because he's right there. Especially when you're in the middle aisle. That's why I always find a mom and a kid. I'm like, I can sit between these people, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. No, well, I get it. And then you see that guy coming towards your gondola and you're like, oh, Lord, have mercy, help me. And then it's that guy. Well, and here's the other thing. You can tell we always fly southwest. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you're not picking your seat. Um, okay. Well, I do. I, that's like the southwest experience right there. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think the gondolas are – you know what? Okay. So as soon as they open it. Um, I'm sure at least one of us, me, will go down there and try it out and report back and love it. Okay. Right? Yeah, well, it's going to happen. We'll see. Mm-hmm. As long as you're, well, and I mean, somebody pointed out when we were recording, I think it was Tony a while back. Tony said it's really smart that they're, you know, opening those gondolas in the fall when people aren't going to be as hot. That's yeah. true. It minimizes yeah. the BO. What One of the things I hate most in the parks isn't, you know, 
there's so many things that don't bother me in the parks that bother other people. But you know what bothers me? The hairy, sweaty man who touches your skin. Your bare skin <laughs> touches his bare skin just for yes. the briefest of moments. And you're like, oh, I need a towel. Maybe mm. they'll have misting tents of de- like degree or like deodorant that like squirts you. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good idea. You we could just like take our own air fresher with us. I don't I'm not worried about the smell. I'm worried okay. about the heat. Okay. Yeah. Well talk to me in the summer. The smell of roasting bodies. <laughs> I keep thinking summer. about right. the image that you know how like um Wally Coyote he'll like look at is it Wally Coyote he looks at um Bugs Bunny roasting, he gets this image of him. That's what I'm worried about someone having that image of me in the gondola. Anyway, okay, should we move on, guys? Mm-hmm. Let's. Okay. All right. Okay, so I want to talk about something really exciting right now, but unfortunately, it's Mark's turn. So, Mark, <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about Star Wars Rise of the Resistance. All right. I, um, so we, we got a rumor last week. I don't think it's confirmed yet from Disney, but it's, it sounds like it's pretty strong over that the, uh, ride of the resistance or rise of the resistance experience, I'll say experience, not ride is rumored to be 28 minutes long. And, um, I like, I have to say, like, I was not super excited about this, uh, this ride. Like I, I, I'm really into the millennium Falcon ride and like, can't wait to go in there and like sit in the pocket cockpit and everything. But, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I, I knew we were going to do this ride, and it would it would probably be cool, but I wasn't like excited about it. And now um, that we're, we're starting to get more information about it, um, it really sounds cool. And what we've what we found out is, you know, so this thing is going to be 28 minutes long, and it's it's kind of hard to explain, but at part of the experience is going to be you in the queue, mm-hmm. and that's going to be um, like like part of the like part of the 28 minutes and there's like a whole story that's going to take place while you're experiencing this thing and it's it sort of starts out where you you board a shuttle and you take off from um you know the planet Batu and at at some point during the ride you're intercepted by the first order and the first order takes you um you know, back to a first order star destroyer and, you know, and your, and your ship lands on, on the star destroyer. And so the, the, the thing begins with, you know, the, the doors of the ship you're on, on open up and you step out and you're like in like a, a full size, like first order hangar of a star destroyer. You know, question. What? What, what's the difference between like a first order and a second order? Well, the first order is the bad is like the villains. That's of, the bad like, guys. Yeah, they're like the villains of the sequel series. You know, the second order is when you get greedy and you want more onion rings. Okay, exactly. that's what I was wondering. Like, is yeah. the second order a thing? They're the, they're like the empire in the in the sequel trilogy. Uh, trilogy. The second like, order. Yeah, the first order. There's no the second, second order. Why, well, then how is there? A, well, then why didn't they just the order? I don't know. That's what they call them. Okay. I didn't make the movie. Okay. Just wondering. That's actually a really good point. I mean, you kind of expect a second order, don't you, if there's a first one? Yeah, I was just wondering who the second one was. There's, like, the order up, order number one. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> All right. At any rate, so you're on the Star Destroyer, and um, you, you get out, and there's going to be, like, TIE fighters hanging on the on the wall, and there's going to be a formation of stormtroopers and, like, the whole thing. And then um, I guess you are your your group gets sort of marched 
to a transport, which then is going to kind of weave through the halls of of the Star Destroyer. And as you're weaving through the halls, you're, you're going to have different experiences. Like, apparently there's going to be um, at least one Kylo Ren audio animatronic, maybe two, at, um, during the, the whole experience. Um, so you're going to run into him. And, you know, I think... Any of us who's, who've sort of followed the construction of, of Galaxy's Edge, um, you probably remember that, you know, at, at one point you could see them building what looked to be AT-ATs, you know, like full-sized AT-ATs. Mm. Uh, well, at, at some point during this ride, you're going to be in your little uh, car and you're going to have an encounter with these AT-ATs. And uh, apparently, uh, the article I read said that they have patented new technology, which is going to make it look like those adats are shooting, you know, laser beams at you while you're in your, your car. So that's that's another thing. And then what's what's really exciting and what I I didn't know anything about this this part of the ride before I started all these leaks started happening. I get I don't know if they're leaks, but all this information started coming out last week. Um, the ride ends with you and your group are trying to escape the first order star destroyer, and at the end of the ride you get on board an escape pod, and the escape pod shoot you up in the air not unlike tower of terror and it you know it's going to bring you as you're escaping the ship it's going to shoot you up in the air and then it's going to bring you back down and land you back on the planet of uh batu and then you escape through this um like junkyard kind of thing so it's it really sounds cool um i'm almost more excited about this ride than i or this experience than i am about the millennium falcon though i have to nerdily agree with you on that uh, you know, I was very excited to to jump in the cockpit, but the more that comes out about this uh, uh, Rise of the Resistance, uh, 305 audio animatronic figures wow. uh, is the count that that is f- uh, floating around out there. A third of them are star troopers. I'm um, sorry, stormtroopers. Okay. Um, so it, it, it sounds like it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, I like, I couldn't, when I was reading through everything that's going to happen, I, I was stunned at what this is going to be like. So, I mean, this is going to be amazing, it sounds like. Yeah, it's first the, order. The ladies, the ladies don't dig it. Yeah, the, no, the ladies I'm, are like. No, I do, I'm due. I mean, I, I, I just didn't want to interrupt your geekiness <laughs> and, like, say something, you know, that wasn't quite as up there as, as yours. I mean, no, I'm totally excited. I cannot wait. I spend yeah. way too much time thinking about how I can get out to, you know, California. Yeah, I mean, as somebody that doesn't know what's going on, I've heard some of the things like TIE Fighter. I think I kind of know what it is. But it's like I don't know any of this stuff enough to really care. But yeah. I think maybe once you go, the ride experience will kind of be mind-blowing. Because that many animatronics, that's really cool. I mean, I don't care if you like this stuff or not. I mean, I think it's well, going to be really... It's kind of like Pandora. You know, you you don't have to have ever seen the movies, uh, Avatar movies, to enjoy yeah. Flight of Passage, oh, yeah. which is really Flight a phenomenal ride. Yeah. You know, and but I think here's the thing. I mean, Star Wars is so many people like Star Wars. And even if they're not big fans like Mark and Tony, I think that we've all seen the movies. And I think most people enjoy the movies. Maybe not the, you know, one through three. But um, that's a different story. But, I mean, you know, I can't wait. And I'm just sort of like a mid-level Star Wars fan. And I have boys. And so I think if you have boys, they all go through that Star Wars phase. um, And that's fun with them. So you learn a lot more than you ever thought. And I'll admit, I've spent a number of hours on Wikipedia. So, um, you know, (laughs) 
Wikipedia is like the best, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I don't know. I think it's going to be great. And okay, here's a question though. Okay, what's the Millennium Falcon ride? What's the official name? Smuggler's Run. Smuggler's Run. Okay, I've heard from what everything I've heard that if you don't understand how the ride works, it's going to be over for you like in thirty seconds. I don't oh. think that's accurate. Okay. What I've heard is that what they're trying to do is strike a balance. Okay. Okay. They don't want the Smuggler's Run ride to be like Mission to Mars and Epcot, where they're telling you to press buttons, but the buttons don't do anything. Right. right? That's oh, true. yeah, so, that's a good point. Yeah. So they're they're so the buttons that you have to hit in order to go through the ride are going to do something, and they're going to affect your experience, but they're not going to like cut it short because that's what like. That was my question. I was like, well, that's really cool that they they can do something, but I don't want, you know, the the dad with the infant to get in in the car with me and my family and you know, he's like, "Here, touch these buttons and you know, my ride's over in 30 right. seconds." So, so I think they're going to they're going to strike a balance where things may happen to you as a result of hitting the wrong button, but they're not going to, they're not going to cut the ride any shorter than, than oh, okay. Than else. Oh, that's yeah, they good. Really shouldn't because yeah. what if you have somebody like me that's in there that's like, what are you talking about? You know? And, and so I don't know. Cause I don't know all of these terms. Well, and I think even, or someone like me who, who knows what they're talking about, but isn't like really, you know, I, I stink at any kind of video games or whatever the kids call them. I don't know. Um, so, I mean, I could, that, like, my first thought when I thought heard that was, wow, I'm really going to mess it up for everyone. I'm going to be like Urkel. I'm going to be the <laughs> Urkel of, of Smuggler's Run, and everyone's going to make fun of me. So, hey, Chris, yeah. hey, Chris, do me a favor. Quick, get me those hydro spanners because i got a problem with this Fetzer valve over here. <laughs> I don't even That's know what, what I mean, about. Tony. I'm like, I totally got the hydro spanners. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's, that was, yeah, that's a yeah, lot. Like hydro it's ter- like, yeah. Well, you know what, though? Also, it's just going to be like Toy Story Mania where everybody knows all the cheats. You know, so like, you know, you do it a few times and then on the internet, people start writing about, well, you know, you do this or you do this or whatever. And then suddenly, you know, everyone knows how to, how to beat the system. So I think it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. I'm over the top excited. And I really want to know what the food's going to be like. And I will not be eating, drinking the blue milk because that looks disgusting. And I will never lose that image of that. Do you know what what would really help people with Galaxy's Edge? What? Is if perhaps there was something that came out ahead of time that would explain it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you think there's a tie-in with a movie with with the whole lands? I don't think so. No, the comic book miniseries. Oh, shoot, you're right. Okay, go ahead. Mark, do you want to talk about it? No, go ahead, Tony. Okay, so um, Star Wars, uh, as it is a Disney property, uh, and the new... uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge area is coming out. There's going to be, beginning in April of this year, a five-issue miniseries uh, in comic book form uh, that's all about Galaxy's Edge. So it's a story that takes place at the Black Spire Outpost, and it's going to introduce you to new characters and storylines, and there's going to be callbacks to, uh, I believe, Han and Chewie, because they refer to a job that was pulled long ago by those guys, hence the Millennium Falcon being in Black Spire. And uh, the big thing is that readers are going to be introduced to Doc Ondar, uh, who is um, 
the proprietor of an antiquity shop. So I'm assuming that there will be an antiquity shop in the land. And uh, Doc Andar is uh, a mysterious guy who runs it. Um, don't know more about that other than it's going to be five issues. Doc Andar, Star Wars. So hopefully it gives us some of the backstory. Uh, perhaps some stories about both Smuggler's Run and Rise of the Resistance. But hopefully it'll be a primer for people who aren't really that deep into Star Wars lore, but it will be just enough of the backstory to, to give them an introduction to the land. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I want to pick that up. Yeah, I'm going to have to skip that, guys. Yeah, I'm skipping it. We'll let you know. Yeah, tell us yeah, all about it. And then there's, I, I believe there's even a, um, a Black Spire novel that's going to be coming out sometime around the September timeframe. So they're, they're really starting to make Black Spire part of the official canon uh, related to the film universe. Yeah, Man. and I, I actually have. I, I just read an article today that there's a book gonna. I don't either. It's released already or it's coming out. It's called Star Wars Pirates Price. Um, that takes place at Black Spire, and they reference Oga's Cantina, which is going to be the restaurant, and a couple of the drinks and food that they mention in the book are Sarlacc juice, <laughs> bl- blue. Blue Bantha buttermilk biscuits. Oh God! Oh my no. God! Blue Bespin breakfast bars. Blue puff cubes. Bantha butter pi- pancakes and glow blue noodles. And of course, uh, the famous blue milk. So also, I heard that the blue milk isn't is it's like non dairy. So then it's even sketchier. It's kind of like okay, I don't it's want not any just dairy. Like, yeah, but I mean, it's milk. There's also going to be blue bathrooms right. after all of that. Refrig- it should be dairy. Yeah, it should be dairy. No. Like, yeah, but I don't, don't want to be. I don't want to be drinking dairy like a glass of milk and then going out and then you know a hundred degree degrees. Heat yeah, yeah, that's actually a true. Hot blue milk. Agree. And there's I'll, so much. You know, blue. I'll try it. I'll try it just because you have to. Um, I don't see myself wanting some blue buttermilk biscuits. Um, at all. I mean, it's and, then, and then jostling yourself around with a 20-story drop on uh, Rise of the Resistance. Right, right. You know uh, what? Is it that high? Because uh, no, it's you not know that what? high. Yeah, oh, yeah. But those buildings, those show buildings are humongous. Like yeah. when you drive by, like on the backside of property, they're humongous. The, the thing about Rise of the Resistance, after I've read all this stuff that's kind of coming out, is like – whether you like Star Wars or whether you hate it, like that ride is Disney. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's got elements of every everything that you you enjoy about Disney attractions is in that ride. I mean, you've got you know a dark ride piece of it. You've got audio animatronics in it. You've, you're probably going to have some screens. You're probably you know, and then you've got the thrill ride piece of it. I mean, it's really going to be a, a, an amazing attraction. Do you know what? When I think about this land opening up, the thing I think about is when I imagine myself going there, I just sort of imagine myself going there and sitting down and just looking at everything from where I'm sitting. Because you know the theming is so intense. I don't even, in my brain, I don't even get into the rides because I know the, I mean, and I will, of course, but do you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I want to take everything in. And I yeah. certainly didn't feel that. Th- I've never felt that way about a land. I mean, I loved the Fantasyland expansion. It was thrilling and beautiful, but I didn't find myself wanting to just sit down and look at everything super carefully. But this, I want to. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm going to, I'm totally going to geek out and I'm going to walk underneath the millennium Falcon and, <laughs> and like check out all the circuitry and yeah. stuff. Like I've always, you know, like it's, I, I am looking forward to that. It's going to be amazing. It in your mind. I know. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it is be like a kid in a candy store. Mm-hmm. I absolutely can't wait. So, <laughs> okay. Well, on that note, because we've got at least another how many months? Like eleven months for land or for world, and you know, five or six for land. So, so well, long. They apparently. No, I haven't Don't noticed. Tease it. me with this. I haven't <laughs> noticed it myself, but I, I've heard um, other people have mentioned that Disney has stopped saying late fall. And has just started oh, saying geez. fall. Really? No, I have not noticed myself, but I've heard a couple other people say that. So it may mean nothing, but that's something people have noticed. Okay. Anyway, let's go ahead. And that was mysterious. I'm not good at that, but that was pretty mysterious. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and move on to Liza. She's going to talk about Minissa Berg. We gave her something that didn't have any Star Wars at all because, you know, she's, she kind of hates it. Why don't so go hate ahead, Liza. it? I just don't understand. I don't know. It's it's so out there to me. You I have just bad can't. juju with and it. And I do. I, I do. But even then, even before the bad juju, I was always like, meh, meh. Yeah, we'll give you, I get it. We'll give you a crash course in Star Wars. Okay, so Munisaberg, it picks our place in Disney Hollywood Studios. And I had to look up what Munisaberg was. Because I didn't even realize that it was part of The Incredibles. I saw the movie. I saw the second movie, too. And I thought it was really cute. I just, um, I guess I didn't pay attention to where they were living. So they have a block party with Mr. and Mrs. Incredible and Frozone. So, again, if it's cold, you can warm yourself up dancing around. And uh, Frozone's there for you, Chris. Nice, uh, and he's always happy and fun. Lots of picture type- taking there. There's also new merchandise, which is nice. Where, um, where can I hang out with Edna Mode? Okay, so Edna Mode, they have a lot of Edna Mode merchandise too. Like there's Edna Mode shirts, like fashion shirts. and They need a wig. They need an Ed- Edna Mode wig. <laughs> they might would be awesome. have one. Because <laughs> I, I would totally. <gasps> Chris, I have an Edna Mode wig. Pretty That's much. right, you did. Why are why aren't we going for, as Edna Mode clones for Halloween instead of Elvis and Priscilla? Because I'm gonna be fat be awesome. Elvis. Okay. Yeah, we're going as Elvis and Priscilla for Halloween, but we digress. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm going as fat Elvis. Anyway, so we're stepping inside Edna Mode's Super Suit Gallery. She has amazing fashions, but you can find her at the studios. It's a meet and greet and picks our place as the Municipal is. And they also have new menu items. So they've got an incredible hero sandwich, um, a mask pretzel with the plastic cheese. So you can dip it in plastic cheese if you want. That's what I call it, plastic cheese. They've got one thing, though, that I think looks pretty good. It is a key lime pie on a stick. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That does sound good. And okay, it, I have a rule about key lime pie. Yeah, I know. You can't, you can't do mass-produced key lime pie. It's got to be made like in a small kitchen I'm by a little old lady. It. I'm still going to try it because it's like I always yeah, want it. it to be great, and I'm usually disappointed. Always. And, d- key lime pie is like your your hinge date. <laughs> I'm like relating this to the kids. 
Never mind. Like a hinge date? Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh, that's because right. you, or maybe it's like Tinder. You know, you think you're getting something good, and you go out, and the guy's like, you know, and you gotta swipe. You're gonna the have other to way. split this six inch or this twelve inch foot long. And you're gonna make Subway. me split in a five dollar foot long, so you're really just spending two fifty on me, and that's not gonna work. <laughs> did, did Chris just refer to that as a twelve inch foot long as opposed to the eight inch foot long? I don't get out much. I don't go to Subway that often. Nobody's splitting a a $5 foot long with you, Chris. (laughs) No. I always get the six inch. I'm not going to lie. You got to go for the $5. Anyway, okay, so they also have an individual apple cobbler, but I'm not an apple cobbler fan, so I'm going with the key lime on a stick. All right. I like like apple cobbler, too. Do you? I yeah, do I like do. apple cobbler. I don't like as well. it. I don't like a cobbler. Wait, you don't like cobbler? That's no. just weird. Okay. I don't like cobbler. Not even with the little ice cream? I just eat the ice cream and the topping off the cobbler. Okay. So I really That's... just want the topping. Okay, okay. And then we they have num num cookies. It's like a chocolate chip, gooey chocolate chip cookie in a tart pan. I don't want to eat anything called num num. I don't want oh, to be perfectly I'm honest. Num num and jack jack. Num num cookie. <laughs> Jack Jack is a num num cookie just like a regular chocolate chip cookie. I think it's like extra gooey and oh. warm. Ooh. And I'm gonna play it up too. I'm gonna be like, "Can I have the num num cookie?" Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, he's gonna be he's gonna be saying that exact phrase. <laughs> oh, we're, just gonna, we're just gonna walk away. We're just gonna be like, no, Mark. <laughs> and Mark's gonna be in his robe eating his <laughs> num num cookie. <laughs> I. <laughs> Because he's just given up at that point. <laughs> okay, so key lime pie on a stick's where it's at for me. I'm going to try it, though. I hope it's good. I have high hopes. Anyway, there's a lot of stuff going on over there. You can get Jack-Jack inserted into, like, your photo pass picture, so they make fun poses with him. So there's different photo pass opportunities with things like that that are interactive. And they also have – you can meet Mike and Sully – they're inside the Walt Disney Presents attraction. And that's one thing I'm excited about, too, because I love Monsters, Inc. I love that show. I love Mike and Sully. So I would definitely want to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that with my kids this summer. And yeah. um, there's other uh, photo pass opportunities in front of the Tower of Terror and Sunset Boulevard. And they've just got new stuff with props. So I'm seeing some props here. And uh, they're inserting different things in your photo pass, which I I like doing photo pass sometimes. If I, you know, if I'm down there for a long time, like a, a week or so with my family, I think it's kind of cool if there's not a long line, just pop over and do it. So that's where it's at. They're trying to get stuff in there because honestly, what I think it is, is that there's so little to do there right now because of all the stuff that's being under construction and everything. It's the studios is just really not yet. Even with Toy Story Land, I don't feel like it's enough to make it seem like a whole day well i mean and the 30th anniversary is coming too in may so that has to be part of the reason too to kind of start rounding out that park you'll have galaxy's edge you'll have toy story land you'll have all these sort of interesting character interactions i I, it's going to be a fantastic park it will be liza have you ever done the this mike and sully meet and greet I, i don't think it's there now but it was in the past, it was there? Um, no, I never did. I walked yeah. by it a couple of times and saw it, but I never... Uh, the line was really long, and I didn't stop. But I really want to check this one out uh, yeah. with the girls this summer when I go. 
because um, we'll be doing a lot of meet and greets because I'll be with my niece and my sister and my niece that's she's into the meet and greets like that's what she wants to do so we'll probably end up doing a lot of that yeah nick uh nick and i did it one time uh, bridget and katie i think we're we're on a thrill ride nick didn't want to go on so he and i w- walked around and we went there and it was it was a really good like i always i liked it because it was kind of off the beaten path and there wasn't a whole lot of people there at the at the time and um and it was just a, it was like good character interaction like they were joking around with nick and stuff like that it was really good so I'm glad they're coming back. Okay, Tony knows something about DCL and Galveston. Yeah, uh, big news recently, uh, two weeks ago, Disney Cruise Line signed a long-term agreement with the port of Galveston, which is going to keep ships sailing from the, that port in Texas through 20, at least 2028. Um, it's an agree, It's a 10-year agreement, which can be extended for two additional five-year periods. Disney's going to increase their sailings from 12 to 26 per year. Mm. Um, the charges per passenger are going up uh, from 415 to 750 per person. And uh, Disney's going to have access to Terminal 2 on both Saturdays and Sundays. Um, this is pretty big considering that when Disney first went to Galveston back in 2012, um, the numbers that were coming out of, of Galveston were, were horrible. Um, I didn't think it would last past the original agreement, but here they are re-upping for at least the next 10 to 15 years. So uh, that's that's pretty big for everybody out in that part of the country. Yeah, that's really big right. for me because uh, everybody that's wants close. to go out of Galveston. Yes. Where you live, yeah. Can we throw out some speculation here? With the two new ships coming, where do you think, I mean, obviously, like, so now they've, they've used ports in New York and obviously now they have this new Galveston deal. So do you think that they're going to um, make one of the home ports New York or something up north? Oh, God, no. No? You don't think so? Why? Why? Well, Galveston is still going to be seasonal. Um, they're not going back to Galveston until December of 2019. Um I think what's going to happen, and this is just this is just wild speculation. I think you're still going to see the wonder sharing time between Galveston and the uh, West Coast. I wouldn't be surprised to see the wonder do the West Coast. I want to say, I don't want to say permanently, but I think it will have more of a presence out there. And I wouldn't be surprised to see a Disney ship go over to uh, Europe for a longer period. Um, I think that they'll keep the new ships, which are being uh, are being termed the Triton class. Um, I think those are definitely going to take over the Florida uh, routes. Um, I, I just I don't think New York, as much as I want them to come out of New York, the time of year they've been doing New York has been ridiculous. Uh, the first time right. they came up to New York, they did May through September, which was amazing, and th- that was summer of 2012, just before they went to Galveston. And the numbers out of New York, they were at like 130% capacity, which doesn't mean they're over capacity because 100% is based on having two guests in every stateroom. Obviously, some families have three and four people, so therefore capacity goes up. And the numbers on all of those sailings were phenomenal. And then they stayed away from New York City for a while. And last year and 2017, they were back here, but they come in September, October, November which right. is not a great time of year. You know, to, to do a Canadian cru- cruise out of New York in 
September yeah. when it's already like 40, 50 degrees up in Canada is a little ridiculous. Um, so un- unless they get some type of summer itinerary out of New York, I can't see them making New York a permanent home. Or what about like Baltimore? I mean, ships I'd love to see them do something on the, on the East coast. I, I just, I don't know if they will. Yeah. I, know. I, was, I was thinking about that with the, uh, you know, taking some of those older ships and kind of moving them around a little bit more. Right. Yeah. I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they permanently put one over in Europe mm-hmm. and move one out to the West Coast. And, uh, you know, that ship will do Alaska in the summer and then move south as the year progresses. Um, maybe throw in a couple Hawaii cruises uh, each year. Right. And and then zip around to Galveston because you you still need to do the, the transits because the Panama Canal cruises are very popular. Um, so you don't want to stick something just out on the West coast all the time. You still want to be able to come across the canal. So, uh, it, it, it'll be very interesting over the next couple of years. Will you, cause we know you like to cruise. Will you book like an inaugural cruise for yourself? Like on the next, the next ship that comes out, will, do you see yourself doing that? So I would, I would love to get an opportunity to do, uh, an inaugural sailing on any of the new Disney ships, whether it be through a travel agent capacity um, or the actual first passenger inaugural sailing, because they usually pick people up in New York. It's usually a bunch of travel agents that go south to bring the ship down to Canaveral. And then from Canaveral, it will do the first, you know, that's the first uh, guest cruise uh, out of out of Port Canaveral. So I'll try it. We, we all know how Cheryl is with the budget. So <sighs> if, uh, if we can budget accordingly, uh, I, I think it would be a phenomenal experience to be on an inaugural sailing. Okay, I think that's it for tonight. I love this discussion. I'm very excited about Star Wars. I want to thank all of you for staying up late and recording. I want to thank the listeners. If you like us, you can follow us on Facebook. We have a private Facebook group you are more than welcome to join. We talk a lot about travel and other things there. And of course, you can find us on Twitter. Adam's not with us tonight, so he can't defend himself. But let's be honest, Adam's pretty good at Twitter. And he's the Twitter king. He is the Twitter, the king. Twitter king. I mean, he really is um, from the bathroom. And uh, and you can also follow us on Instagram. So thanks again. Good night. Good night. Bye, Bye everyone. <laughs>